my dry January is over. So just February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, including Christmas to go then. We found out you're not the only one giving up. Right now, sobriety seems to be as contagious as the coronavirus. But why? Welcome to Wet and Dry, a podcast about sobriety, male drinking culture, midlife crisis and friendship. I'm Matt. I'm still definitely not giving up drinking and I'm very, very wet. I'm Jeff. This is my experiment. For the next 11 and a half months at least, I'm staying dry. Welcome back to We're the on podcast. a school trip. <laughs> we are. We've had a school trip. I think it's fair to say we've had an upgrade. We are at Heyman's Gin Distillery, and right now it's just the two of us in here. It's incredible. It's in Ballum. I've been here before because I popped in and did some I Christmas haven't. shopping. But it is absolutely beautiful. When you told us we were coming here first... I probably wasn't as excited as I should have been. My view was that you were going to take us to a place like a big metal tin shed where there'd be a massive vat and someone just lobbing loads of gin berries in because I presume that's what they made gin from, gin berries. This, the stills, there's three stills. I'm looking down. We're on a raised bar area. I'm looking down at three stills. Regardless of what they do, they are things of beauty. We're in a bar area, which is magnificent. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful place. It's in an industrial estate in Ballum. But as soon as you come in through the door, there's a sofa area, there's a massive tasting table. There is the actual working distillery, which looks like it's something out of a film set. But It looks like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory for adults who like booze. But that's genuinely where they make the gin. It's not made somewhere else and this, this is for show. I can't explain just how nice that... What are they, stills? Let's go with that. Maybe we'll ask the experts <laughs> later on. Underneath us, which we can't see from where we're sitting, is the botanicals room where you can mix the flavours that go into the gin. And appropriately, we've come on top of that to the bar. Can I just point out, everyone's very attractive too. <laughs> I mean, you're quite a good-looking bloke. I'm not. I mean, the podcast is the best. Uh, it's the best vehicle for me. I feel a little bit out of place. <laughs> Who's let the ugly fella in? Well, as well, we sent an email and say, look, we're, we're doing this podcast and, and Jeff's given, given up drinking and you've got this small gin, which we'll, we'll talk about later. And I'm going to taste, aren't I? Is there any chance we can come down and speak to someone? And I genuinely thought we'd come down and speak to, like, the guy who sold me some gin before Christmas. Oh. We're going to speak to later uh, Miranda Heyman, who is the great-great-granddaughter... And one of the stills <laughs> is named after, the pretty little still. <laughs> The big one apparently is named after her mum, which apparently she's all right with, and the original one is named after the grandmother, which yeah. I quite like. So no pressure, but it's been in the family for sort of five generations. And, magnificent. Uh, <laughs> it's a magnificent place. So if you're stuck, when's this going out? Will this go out tomorrow? Yeah. It's before Valentine's. If you're stuck, because they do tours, if you're stuck for a Valentine's present, this is your get-out. I'm telling you, book it, get in. And let's just say, we're just fangirling over this place right now. They're love not it. paying us to do this. I may never leave. I've asked them to adopt <laughs> me and their family already. They didn't look very happy about that. So I need to ask you a question before we go any further. Go on. Are you still dry? Yeah. I so mean, if you said no, that would be near, <laughs> yeah, the whole podcast. Over. One you're, and out. You're still dry. Despite the best efforts last night. So, actually, I just want to say, because this is episode two and episode one went quite well i thought very well it's the pilot i think we've been picked up for a series uh, we will carry on and thank you if you listened to it we didn't you know beyond the two of us telling friends who may have told some other friends 
that's all we really did. No big marketing push. And then you sent me a screen grab yesterday to say that this is officially the 163rd <laughs> most popular podcast in the UK right More now. More popular than Reggie Yates of BBC One fame. In your face, Reggie. I mean, that's as good as it gets for me. <laughs> so Can I also point out, on a separate chart, we were 32nd. That was like the personal journal chart. Yeah, you can really dig down there. I'm taking it. I mean, we are probably first on the sobriety (laughs) podcasts presented by someone called Jeff or Matt. But thank you for everyone who subscribed. If you could keep subscribing and listening, send it to a friend who who you may think like it. That would be wonderful. I'm going to single some out. Are you? Uh, I'm going to single out Giovanni, who left a review that said, these two are like the modern Derek and Clive. Weren't they both drunkards? Yeah, but I'll, I'll take Dudley Which Moore, one that's am fine I? with me. Oh, oh, well. Good-looking one, I'm the old soak. <laughs> <laughs> I go early. <laughs> Ashley Lightfoot, who I don't know. Uh, Great name, he sounds like a Bond villain. This is excellent, guys. Very funny and very relatable. Like Ashley. We're not related to Ashley, so that's brilliant. Simon says, a tender exploration of male friendship. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Simon. And my favourite one, this one says, brilliant, but don't ever think your GP is fooled by your drinking estimates. And that's from Dr Hanford, who I presume is a GP. <laughs> uh, now, I say presume is a GP. I actually went to school. That's Ruth Hanford, who I went to school with. I haven't seen in 20 years, but has listened to this podcast. So, uh, Hello, Dr Hanford. Thank you very much. I've had seven units. <laughs> the review I was looking out for, though was obviously from Guy Ritchie. No, no, interestingly, after the podcast, so we talked about a lot of, I thought, quite in-depth and deep and important issues. So when I went out and, and you speak to the people, the, the one thing I all got back from everyone was not whether well, that was good or enjoyed it, was, you don't know Guy Ritchie. <laughs> you, know, you just made that up, I mean, you don't know Guy Ritchie. I never said I knew him. I said I met him a couple of times. Funnily enough, though, Geordie Mark, my friend, reminded me we did meet him more recently than I thought in the Groucho when we think he was on his first date with his current wife. So, you know, I'm getting closer to him. Guy's a work in progress. I think there will come a time when Guy comes on the show. I've got another question for you. Go on. Have you just been, I know, actually, I know the answer to part of this, but have you, for the most part of the week, just been sat at home drinking water, locking the door. I noticed you didn't come out with us on Saturday night when we had a big night out. Yeah. A lot of people came to see you. You weren't there. No, to be fair, I wasn't in town. Eh, you say that. But for the rest of it, what did you do this week? Were there any challenges? Yeah, so this week I've been not drinking at world-famous sports stadiums. <laughs> I guess one of the interesting things about doing this is not drinking has different levels of difficulty depending on where you are. So I was in a hotel in Derby on Friday and Saturday and went out for dinner with someone I was working with. But actually, it was a a sort of professional dinner and there was no pressure to drink and that was easy. Monday night, I was at Lord's. Doing what? For an MCC curry night as a guest of someone. Can I say the image that gives to me straight away of loads of old white blokes drinking loads of port. I mean, dress code, jacket and tie, carriages at 10.30. I think of 200 people, probably six or seven were women. How were they, were you not drinking? Well, I think drinking is quite a big thing at the MCC. They have their own wine. Of course they do. I ordered a Heineken Zero, non-alcoholic beer, and then the bar manager came over to me and he said, are you, excuse me, are you going to be drinking that all night? I was like, well, I'm not drinking, so yeah, I'll, I'll... this or other soft drinks. Yeah. Okay, if you're going to drink that, I'm going to need to restock the fridge because that's the last one. They have one bottle. I think that's it. I think I drunk them dry of the one bottle of non-alcoholic beer. Can I ask keep... another, uh, just 
What do you tell people why you're not drinking? When someone tells me they're not drinking, I just presume they were an alcoholic. If I'd have seen you when you weren't eating sugar, I'd just presume you used to be massively fat. I mean, that could just be me. I dislike people till I like them. A lot of people think it's weird. I dislike them and then I grow to like them. So I probably think the worst. So if someone says to me, I'm not drinking, I just presume they're alcoholic. I think there's several assumptions. One of them, I think probably higher than I've got a problem, is that I'm driving. See, my first one's alcoholic, not driving. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, this is as much an exploration of your psyche as it is mine. I have definitely detected a shift between January and February. Because loads of people are doing dry January. You're yeah. part of the crowd. I suspect... You You're know, now going off into a smaller little echelon. Absolutely. I was in a bar in King's Cross yesterday... Whereas in January, you know, there were little chalkboards that said, doing dry January, try this one. Got rid of that That's now. gone. Yeah. There's been a definite shift since the last episode. Lords was difficult. I didn't announce what I was doing. I was with someone who'd had a few drinks and he decided he would announce to the room what I was doing. How did that go down? I think you and him would get on like a house on fire. <laughs> he just wanted everyone to know what an imbecilic thing I was doing for a year. Hi, Dan, if you're listening. And then last night, you and I went to see the FA Cup at Spurs. I'm not a Spurs fan, but I wanted to go and see the new stadium at White Hart Lane. And, and we went up there, and, and it's a magnificent stadium with a lot of bars in. Can I just say that my take from that is that while I was surprised how many people maybe aren't drinking or thinking about giving up drinking, talking to people, there's been a lot of people come back to me and say, oh, my friend's doing that, or someone else is doing it. I'm thinking of doing 100 days off. It hasn't quite filtered into sporting stadiums. <laughs> I am fairly certain that you are the first person since White Hart Lane who has ordered a non-alcoholic beer at that bar. The reason I say this, the look of sheer panic on the barmaid's <laughs> face when you ordered a Heineken, no alcohol. If she started off, she tried to palm you off with a normal Heineken <laughs> yeah, first. Yeah. I'm pretty certain there are a load of people, Tottenham fans, if you're listening, who think they've done dry January and you haven't. You've just been reaching. Then she had to call over the duty manager to check which one was... Uh, well, she spent, a, she spent a fair while reading the label <laughs> to see if it did or didn't have any alcohol in it, and that definitely does. Can I, I just point about the shift in... in thing. While she was doing this... I found myself moving slowly away from you <laughs> and I had a pint and I drink quickly anyway. I drank three quarters of the pint just to show them that I was still drinking. There was a moment when I thought there'd be an announcement, you know, would the bar manager please come to the bar in the food court, please? Someone's ordered the non-alcoholic drink. No one else has ever had one at White Hart And then at half time... That was even better. <laughs> he shouted it. After the guy who must have been a good sort of six, seven metres away said, do you want to be served? And I'm like, well, yes. Oh, you're not going to come to me. I'm going to have to shout across the bar at a crowded sports stadium. Could I have one pint of Amstel and a, and a Heineken Zero, please? Again, I found myself mouthing apologies to people around me. <laughs> that I was, I, I, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. I think at that point, if I'd ordered the jackfruit burger, you'd have just left me on my own. Ridiculous. Although we did find out there is one other <laughs> bonus to being on the non-alcoholic booze rather than the alcoholic booze on the way back. Seeing as, you know, we came back from North London down to Ballum. <laughs> it's a fair old tube ride. Well, it's if you it's live a 45-minute tube ride. And there's probably 12, 15 stops. Yeah. 
I needed the loo at Finsbury Park, which is the second yeah. stop after, or the first stop after Seven Sisters. The agony for the rest of that tube, we had to stop <laughs> for another drink as soon as we got to the pub nearest Ballam tube, just so I could go to loo. I bought a half. I made you buy the half because I needed to go. So episode two, we found our first benefit of not drinking is you have a longer gap before you, you need a wee. That's true. So there you go. It's true. Uh, This podcast proving useful after all. I think we've just wrapped up the week. So uh, what I think we should do at this point is I've actually already got a drink, I should say. Before we recorded, they very kindly made me a small gin here. So I will have a bit of a drink of this. And then we're going to chat to Miranda Heyman, who, as I say, her great, great granddad was James Heyman who started this. And we're going to speak to Chris Brian Mansell, who's their global brand ambassador. Good I mean, title, that. Apart from anything else, we'll find out what a global brand That's ambassador is. That's a great is. title. What is a global brand ambassador? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun job. Um, get to go around different places, quite a lot of UK, but um, essentially anything that the Heyman's family don't want to go to, I get sent to the rubbish <laughs> countries. They get to go to all the good ones. I've not been to the Caribbean or anything like that yet. But um, yeah, we go around and just make sure that people are engaging with gin and drinking it properly and in large quantities. Can I just start? This is a magnificent place. It's absolutely brilliant. The one thing I want to, I mean, it is a family. It's a genuine family business that has been going. It's not gone out of your family. Who started it? So it dates back 155 years ago, well, just over 155 years ago to 1863, when my great-great-grandfather James set up a gin distillery, which would have been a lot smaller than what we have here today. And he was quite a curious, charismatic character, was a pharmacist by trade, travelled a lot. He experimented a lot, so experimented with gin recipes, items such as toothpaste and insect repellent, although luckily for us... In the gin? No, separately, thank goodness. Oh. But luckily I was going to say, that doesn't sound no, that nice. No. He stuck with the gin, which was great for us. Actually, what's a little known about him is he was one of the pioneers of the London dry style, which is so widely used and known today. And we're very fortunate that we still have access to the family recipes and still use the same family recipes and distilling techniques. How much difference from when James started out are the recipes and the process to today? The process is exactly the same and the recipes are the same. What has changed is that the quality of English wheat spirit has changed. It's, right. it's greatly improved. And of course, each, with each harvest, we have to do, um, we'll do mini distillations on our botanicals to check for the oil content and the flavours as they should so be. So is botanicals a fancy word for ingredients? Yeah. Yes. I mean, no, yes. tell me if I'm wrong. I know, yes. I, see, I love all this. When he told me I was going, I went on the website and looked. I presumed you put some gin berries in a big machine, swirled it around and got them out. Then I, I mean, that's what I yeah. thought. Then I looked at it. There's 10 ingredients and you're not just popping to Lidl to get the... I mean, these are the Bulgaria and all over the shop, All around the world. The gin berry is the juniper berry, to give it its proper name, or the gin. gin and that's berry. a gin berry. The <laughs> yeah, juniper yeah. berry it's is a, a gin berry. It's a gin berry. It's yeah. called the proper name. Yeah. We're in the proper place. <laughs> Let's do it properly. And uh, yeah, the botanicals, uh, 10 of them from all around the world. And yeah, but a botanicals is essentially an ingredient. Um, what you want from the botanicals is the oil, because that's what imparts the flavour into the gin. So gin is essentially alcohol that's been flavoured. So I guess for anybody who's wondering why we're talking quite so much about gin on a podcast which is essentially about sobriety, <laughs> I came in here just before Christmas 
back when I was drinking <laughs> to do a bit of Christmas shopping. And, and I stumbled over it by accident. We, there's a big yellow storage place opposite where, where we've got a storeroom in there and saw the sign and came in and ended up doing half my Christmas shopping in one go. So it was <laughs> absolutely fantastic. That's actually true. Um, <laughs> and in fact, that was when I first found out about your small gin, which is just incredibly clever and I actually ended up buying a bottle of that for my wife for Christmas because nothing says I love you like I think you may need to drink less uh, so that was the, I think the first time really I thought if I'm gonna take a year off drinking there might be some things I can drink instead and uh, if you didn't hear episode one of the podcast one of our rules or one of my rules which Matt has helped me set is that if I'm not drinking mm -hmm. I can have alcohol alternatives uh, one percent or under yeah as long as the drink I'm drinking is one percent or under which we have discovered today I know we said in episode one that small gin and tonic was 0.2 percent it's yeah. 0.2 units Yes. Which is roughly this gin and tonic is, is what percentage? Please say one or under. It, the one I've made you there is 1%. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there, I get, wow, there's a big discussion topic of what consists as low alcohol. I think you guys discussed it last yeah. week as well. But because um, alcohol by volume, the percentage depends on how much you're drinking and how much alcohol is in that volume of liquid. So, so that's why with the small gin, we say each five mil serve is 0.2 units because then you can kind of tot up how many you've had. It means you know how many you've... Which, How just to put drive. that into context, means, you know, you, you could have 10 of these and still be at or around the drink driving limit. So, yeah, so 10 small gins is the same as having one double gin and tonic. Yes. Is it? Yes. Yeah. I yes. could have 10 of those to one double. One, yes. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think this definitely qualifies as an alcohol alternative mm. as we're talking about it. But one of the reasons we really wanted to come and talk to you is what's made you make this you know you you have your recipes that are hundreds of years old what's made you go i mean for my my question just was why <laughs> <laughs> well there's been a real growing trend we've been noticing a real growing trend for people and it's not just it's about the whole low no category but it's also about people about having options so people are far more mindful about what they're drinking Terrible, and this actually it? goes back to people <laughs> it's about options <laughs> But I think it all goes back to the, the trend for people wanting to know what they're eating, what they're drinking, the ingredients that go into it. So everyone's far more knowledgeable now about what goes into your body. And I think that's probably grown the trend for yeah. people thinking, I don't want to drink alcohol every night of the week. And when we were looking at this, we thought, well, we are a family gin distiller. We want to stay true to our heritage and we are a gin producer. So how do we work in that low-no category while staying true to our principles? Because illegally gin, to have gin on the label, it has to be above 37.5%. That's a good alcohol content, that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what we decided to do was really, rather than reducing the alcohol, was dialing up the flavour. So therefore you can use a smaller serve. And therefore that's why we, Chris has been talking about a 5 mil serve and a thimbleful to make small gin. So it's a real gin and tonic, but with low alcohol and low calorie. What would James make of a low alcohol gin? Well, he was a pioneer of the London dry style, which is really widely known. So he was very innovative in his time. And we actually feel, and we've talked about this, that this is the greatest innovation since London dry was pioneered because it's a new way of drinking gin. So you are drinking gin, you're just drinking a smaller quantity of it, which makes it low alcohol, but it tastes like a gin and tonic. See, my wife, who was a big gin and tonic drinker, was very excited when I told her about this. The idea of this that, that was yeah. like, this is superb because... You know, we have four kids, she doesn't want to drink too much and get up and she works. She's like, this, it sounded brilliant. Few people have said the same. 
I disagree, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but therefore, that's where you have options. Proper gin. Exactly. I can have so the proper gin. Want, you know, we were out the I other night. I want the proper gin. We had a couple of people having Heyman's small gin. A couple of people went, nope, I want a double London dry. And you have your options. And they were having a better night, weren't they? The, the, the oh, double London dry, they, they weren't. The, the ones with the proper <laughs> were having a much better time. I think it's probably worth saying for our millennial listeners, that, that a thimble is, a, is something that used to be used. Um, but it actually comes with a thimble, doesn't it? Yeah, so each bottle comes with a little 5 mil thimble round the, round the neck and it's, it just adds a bit more theatre to the serve as well. Um, how does that work in bars? Can you get it in bars? Are you stocked in bars? Yeah, you can get and it in bars. And how are people about buying a thimble full of booze? They are, I mean, the, the, the customer in modern bars been doing a few seminars recently is rapidly changing as we're doing these things um, and bar tenders and bar owners are saying that they have to start providing more low and no options because that's what the customer is asking for and you'd be stupid if you didn't provide that because they're going to go elsewhere and get it so we've made a real gin that tastes like gin and the feedback's been phenomenal you can get it in bars up and down the country and the feedback's the, good people are the, happy with that yeah I think a lot of people kind of associate price with how drunk you can get and uh, if you pay a lot of money you expect to get very drunk but now people are kind of that's been my life <laughs> since i was 18 pay a lot of money get very drunk exactly but now I'm very happy are, with that now people are associating price with quality there are other low alcohol gins for the listener i'm doing air quotation marks um because <laughs> they're they, just not as good they, yeah well it's got to be over 37.5 percent like we said so that's legal that's a legal requirement yes I'd say, I don't, you probably know better than me, gin has grown in its interest and people have gone from gin being a drink that's just gin and tonic to which gin do you want, the flavour, the tonics have changed too. Yeah, very much so. So for you to have to do this when your market is probably growing anyway shows that there really is a need for it. It's not just you. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not just me. It's well, not. Talk to us about demand. How is it selling? It's been good. Um, so it's across all Waitrose, you can go and get it. Um, like I say, pub groups up and down the country. Like bills are taking us as well on their logo bills, menu. Restaurants. Um, there's been a massive shift, as I said, in the bar culture for people to not just have a Diet Coke as an option. Do you find the vocabulary around it difficult? I mean, I, I, that's the first time I've heard the phrase low no. Yes. Uh, I don't know if that's a, a sort of industry phrase. Oh, you're here. Phrase. Oh, you're here. Yes, um, do we need a new vocabulary for something which is alcoholic but is is sort of so i thought low no was mine low no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. i didn't realize it was pro well, it's the first time i've heard and it that's really interesting because we use it that it's almost like an everyday word low mm. no so we use it in the in i've the, in never the heard it before so that's interesting that you say that in terms of outside of that it, it, it's, it's almost a are, separate me- a section on a drinks it menu is, isn't it, it you is. know it's wine that's, that's beer it low from. no yes, yeah the, it is. the low and no sections of menus you'll if you look out for them you've probably never seen one before but, <laughs> <laughs> but if you look out for them they're generally they used to be at the back at the end now they're making their way more to the front and also a lot of bartenders are very proud if they if you can make a good low no alcohol cocktail that people still want to pay a decent amount of money for and still drink and have the same social experience while drinking it that's a lot easier than just applying a glass full of booze and getting people drunk probably the next thing for you to do is prove that i can taste any alcohol you are the only, you're the only one who can do this taste test matt so uh, if we pour you a small gin and tonic and a london dry gin and tonic yeah and we'll see 
We'll see how it goes. Um, they've they got to look exactly the same, yeah. All right, then. Yeah. They can't be... And I, I mean, I want to do it properly to prove to you how good I am at tasting alcohol, but uh, let's, let's do it. Okay. Look exactly the same. All right, I'll go okay. mix them up. Okay, so Matt, you have two, two glasses. Two in front glasses. Of you. All three of us are desperately trying to remember which one is which. <laughs> the only difference in the two is the patterns on the glasses, which is how we know which is which. Do you want to try this one first? Okay, and, and I'm going. I'm going in. Should have bought some ASMR mics for this. We could have had, re really hit a different audience. <laughs> You don't have to drink it all for a taste test. I don't know if anyone's told you that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm saying now that oh. I know already that this is a gin and tonic. That's the gin and tonic. I know, I know, for, I know. Yeah, I, I'm, I know already. Sorry to ruin. So I'm going to go for the second one now, yeah? <laughs> we should have discussed beforehand. <laughs> we were going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm saying the second. Are they the same drink? They're not I, the same drink. I promise yeah. you, none yeah. of us thought about this hard enough to fool you and put two of the same drink. Okay, I would have put a lot of money on that being the real gin and tonic, and now we've put quite a lot of money. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go though, because you've got to pick one. Yes. The first one that I've originally picked. And what's that? What's that based on? Is the real or is the that's, small that's, gin? I mean, it's, that's a small gin. That's a real gin. I, I can't really tell. I generally can't really tell. I wouldn't put a lot of money on. I've got to pick one. And because I had a strong feeling of gin and tonic on the first one, and it felt more gin. It didn't feel more gin than that, though. That's <laughs> the thing. They, they do. F this is a half-hour podcast, Matt. So <laughs> okay, I'm picking the first one. Picking the first one. You are correct. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Okay. And dry. okay, but that is mental. Yeah, it's well. The that's whole, a gin and tonic. That's a normal gin and tonic. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point because you've got essentially the easy way to think of it is you've got five times more of that botanical intensity in there. So you've got all the juniper, the citrus, the coriander, the sweetness, <laughs> all the flavours of gin. Tell you what, it's a good gin. Good, well, you. just the normal gin and tonic, good yeah. as well. You can. I mean, they're both good gins. Yeah. You can neck. They're that very out. balanced, so you get all the flavours. Very nice coming through. I'm glad I got it right. But I've literally <laughs> picked that first one just because I had to pick one. If you'd bought me this in the pub and said it's gin, I wouldn't think any, any different. Than you would have drank it thinking you'd I would think you'd drink it thinking I was gin and tonic. Yeah, yeah. Gin and tonic. What I've found doing events, we've done a lot of taste tests and events around uh, the world with these. And I'll be drinking all night, talking to people, drinking these. Do, we can do cocktails with these that taste the same. And then I get home and I'm thinking, God, I've had about 10, 15 drinks here. And then I get into bed and I'm like, I'm absolutely fine. So actually, yeah. you mentioned cocktails there. Obviously, one of the issues with making cocktails... I'm generally is... staggered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm generally staggered. You, you, can't, you can't taste the difference. Well, well done. James would be delighted. James now in the grave is giving you, it's giving you a big thumbs, thumbs up. up. We said he'd approve. One of the issues with making cocktails is, though, that you need other alcoholic 
low-no drinks wow, yeah. to mix it with. So are there equivalents with other alcohols? Yes, that's one of the things. I've done I'm, the, the low-no. I'm on to the normal <laughs> one now. Okay, <laughs> that has Can evaporated. Have <laughs> that's Very good. Um, yeah, the, uh, so that's one of the things I'm doing at the moment. There are There's this explosion of low and no alcohol brands out there um, that are producing low alcohol vermouth, um, Campari equivalents, um, whiskey alternatives. There's all sorts of things. So we've put together a whole list at the moment of small gin cocktails. You literally take your favorite cocktail, you replace 50 ml of small gin with you know, two servings of, of, of full gin with small gin, sorry, and you've, you've got the same level of taste in there. But then there are these other alternatives. You can swap the other alcoholic ingredients. The Negroni is fantastic. Logroni, the Negroni yeah. is probably one of so my favorites. Negroni is probably the most boozy cocktail out there. Three different components of booze in equal parts, but the Negroni, you can get low alcohol vermouth, low alcohol Camparis, stir those down together and you feel like you're drinking yeah. a booze. In fact, actually, if you were ever feeling that you feel like you need something that's got that kind of feeling of alcohol, the low groanies certainly would fit the bill for you and still you would be at the level, you would be okay. What's the difference in alcohol content that I've just drank then between that and that? So you would have had, so the, the, the one that is now gone is... Um, <laughs> that, there's, there's not a lot left yeah. in this one, to be fair. That is 0.2 units. Um, so as you said, that was around about probably, because there was a bit less tonic, that was about 1.5% ABV drink. Um, the one that you're currently necking is um, <laughs> is a, a full unit of alcohol. It's a single 25 ml of gin. Um, so that one is what's that around four five percent ABV five percent ABV I think yeah. roughly you know one of those is is five exactly the, yeah. the small it's, it's a fifth yes um, yeah and that's quite incredible isn't it, it? it's, it's amazing it, it's generally amazing mm. there's no way I could tell the difference between the two yeah. so have we converted you to drinking a low alcohol <sighs> gin and tonic with I small mean, gin. I, 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 I like going out and having a drink I like I like a gin and tonic I like a booze. Regardless of which one it was, your gin's so nice that, you know, if I'm going to drink it, I'd like to drink it properly. If I went round to his house and he gave me that, I'd be all right with it. I'd be happy with that. I could have that and feel good. That's a good option. All right, well, I'll let you finish that drink. It's um, gone. Miranda, <laughs> Chris, uh, thank you very much for being thank on. Thank you so thank much. for so, inter- so interesting. On the next episode, I'd like to know what's actually happening to my body at the moment. Is it yet cleansed of alcohol? Do I now have the liver of an 18-year-old sober vegan? What are the likely physical benefits of a year off drinking? So I think next episode we need to take a trip and see the doctor. We do need a doctor. Also, between now and the next episode, I'm off to Valencia. As we said in the first episode, I might have a glass of wine. I have the option. I have my free pass. One. One One glass. That's it. Can only have one glass. I still haven't decided whether I'm... going to be a rubbish holiday. (laughs) I may or may not take that option. Find out in the next episode. Thank you again to Heyman's for having us around. Can I just say, come and see it here. I mean, anyone around Southland, anywhere, it's magnificent. You should come in and do it. I may get this for my wife for a Valentine's present. (laughs) This could be it. She loves gin. It's a magnificent place. So uh, all that is left to say is cheers. Cheers.